Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern-day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to The Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Today is Tuesday, June 19th. This is a very big show uh, for you here on The Nonprofit Coach. Today uh, is the nation's first look at the Giving USA report. That will be on uh, page two. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the Nonprofit Coach know that you can join us over in the chat room. I see the folks over there in the chat room. You can ask questions there. You can email questions for our page two expert today on the Giving USA report uh, by emailing us at tedhart at tedhart.com. Or as the announcer just mentioned, you can also call in to 347-324-3080. Make sure that you press number one to raise your hand here on the switchboard let me know that you would like to ask a question. With that, it's now time for Page One News. Uh, Over in uh, Page One News, as always, you can follow along by going to tedhart.com, click on radio. You'll find the highlighted best links on the Internet, and that's where you'll find our Page One News today. Facebook has acquired uh, Face.com for an undisclosed amount of money. The Israeli startup announced Monday the terms of the deal have not yet been disclosed. Now, Face.com powers facial recognition software the third-party developers can incorporate freely into their own applications. It also has uh, two Facebook apps of its own, which are Photo Finder, which helps people identify untagged pictures of themselves, and Photo Tagger, which helps people quickly assign tags uh, to groups of people. Uh, Posted on Face.com's corporate blog, is a little bit more information about this new merger. So multiple reports that Facebook was in talks with Facebook um, for a or for Face.com uh, for uh, tens of millions of dollars uh, has been reported over on Mashable.com. So uh, and that's where you'll find uh, this article over on one of the smartest websites on the internet, and that is Mashable.com. Next up over here on uh, page one news, uh, it's always a, a pleasure. Uh, to have the opportunity to have uh, uh, strong friends come and join us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine uh, joining us today here on Page One News. Uh, Coming to us from Toronto, Canada, uh, is the president of HJC New Media, Mike Johnson. Uh, But, Mike, I'm going to play a little bit of a a musical interlude here, and after I play that, uh, I'm going to ask you to tell uh, my audience uh, why we might be uh, sharing this uh, little bit of a musical tribute today. <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to 
But Mike, why are we singing Happy Birthday? Mike Johnson, welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach. Thanks. Glad glad to be here. It's um it is our 20th anniversary as a company uh here at HJC. Uh and uh we're celebrating today. Ted, I wish you were here in Toronto. Um uh, I would love but, to have uh, I've been, uh, to be there to uh, to join you. I'm sure it's going to be uh, quite a uh uh, quite a party. I want to talk a little bit about what you have meant uh, to this space and why uh, celebrating the uh, the birthday of uh, HAC is, is momentous. Um, I, I'm not sure if a lot of my listeners know just uh, how pivotal you have been to the formation of so much of my knowledge. You've been a true mentor to me. Uh, you were one of the uh, very early adopters of the Internet in the nonprofit space, an early author and educator uh, in this space. Your firm has been very successful for 20 years. Um, that's quite a, a longevity. We've seen a lot of people come and go uh, in this space. You were one of the founders of the eFilanthropy Foundation, immediately uh, identifying the need to provide uh, solid advice to nonprofit organizations. Uh, to what do you attribute um, your longevity of, of 20 years in uh, what has been a, a very volatile, volatile and, and fast-moving uh, industry? You know, I, I think part of it is is you know coming from traditional fundraising, and and I think Ted, you know, I, I've been you know saying from you know the mid '90s on that uh, you know if we take the fundamentals of, of fundraising best practice and move it into the digital space, then then I think we're we're building it in the right way, and I think. You know, I think we've got in some trouble along the way from time to time when bright, shiny things distract us from taking good care of the donor. Uh, and, and that meant whether it was online or offline following, you know, those good stewardship cultivation principles. So I think that's part of it. Um, and, and, and I think, Ted, even from the beginning, that the idea of integrated marketing or integrated fundraising was something – uh, you know, we we were talking about from the mid '90s onward. I, I think about our very first online campaign. It was for uh, the Body Shop, the the global retailer, and Ken Sarawiwa, Nigerian activist, was imprisoned in Nigeria, and we ran an online campaign. And back in '95, '94, '95, we we had the the CEO of a multinational corporation respond via email to our online advocacy campaign. Uh, and then we used another channel to telephone to to, to call them, and and then a face-to-face -face meeting to to get this multinational support to to try to get uh, Ken Sarawiwa uh, out of prison, which sadly didn't happen. But that you know, there you've got multiple channels working right from the start. So, and the, and now I think we've come not full circle, but but we've come to a place where digital is just uh, a part of that integrated marketing effort. In in the commercial world, I mean, they've been thinking that way for 10 to 15 years, but I think the nonprofit space is just finally getting uh, how the digital world connects to all of the other channels and the approaches that we do. So we're just starting to leverage uh, digital the way, the way we need to leverage it. Yeah, and, and, and I remember the, our early discussions and, of course, our work with uh, the eFlansby uh, foundation, you know, those were very much themes that we were putting out there, and, and people were yeah. really scratching their heads uh, because they they wanted uh, it to be sort of that shiny new thing. They wanted money to come flowing in from uh, a, do uh, a donate now button, and and then we've seen lots of companies come and go that you know had lots of VC dollars or or uh, yeah. you know thought that yeah. they were um, you know just going to take over the uh, entire nonprofit space, yeah. um, and and it, it all kept coming back to those initial themes that this is still about people, it's still about relationships since the integration of online and offline and yeah. and, and it is sort of satisfying to see that that you know those themes that uh, uh that we've been putting out there for, you know, as, as you said, a couple of decades uh yeah. really are starting to take hold. But but they are still messages that when I'm lecturing around the world, uh people are still on the edge of their seats trying to make sense of all of this. Why yep. why do you think that uh while we've made some progress and there's certainly more practitioners and there's more knowledge in the space yeah. that uh, the charities still struggle. Uh, I, you know, limited dollars, Ted. Right? The, in the commercial sector, um, more budget for training, more budgets for people to take MBAs in integrated marketing or certificate courses, uh, more money for staffing, uh, more money for change management to make teams more integrated and better serve the customers. So. 
just with less resources in the nonprofit sector, we, we just have people who who don't have access to best case studies. They don't have access to integrated fundraising, training, and certificate programs in the same kind of numbers that we see in the commercial world. So, so that that's part of it. I think people do the best they can, but um, we've still got a long way to go. In part, there's good intentions, but there are limited resources. So. Uh, that's why we started this um, Integrated Marketing Advisory Board. So a number of fundraising organizations in North America, it's imabgroup.net, and, and we're trying to collect a curriculum and a training um, approach where we can get best practice out there because we know people have limited dollars. So so I think that's part of the explanation, Ted. So what comes next, Mike? You, you've uh, You've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of companies come and go. Uh, you've seen a lot of sort of hope for strategies that uh, didn't really pan out. What What is real right now for charities yeah, in the nonprofit I, space? Yeah, now we see the, the tipping point for digital for larger gifts. So I was talking to someone uh, who's a philanthropic advisor here in Toronto with a large bank, and uh, he completed a half a million dollar uh, deal completely on LinkedIn. And and similarly, we're now seeing online self-identification surveys finding uh, millions of dollars worth of gifts. Uh, a university in the last month used only the online channel and found 28 endowment gifts, some of them, Ted, worth $2.5 million each, uh, all of them revealed in the online environment. So I think now people are beginning to, to do larger transactions online. That's not to say that face-to-face -face is not the key place where you finish those relationships and deals, but the last year we're beginning to see digital now playing a, a pretty important role on, on the planned giving and major gift side more and more to build the pipeline, to manage the pipeline. Um, and, and I think organizations are a step behind, Ted, uh, realizing that the donor is starting to do that. Absolutely. And and so the the message for my listeners today from your tw now 20 years of experience in this uh, space is that it's still about relationships. It's still about integration. Uh, but in that balance of integration, digital is becoming even more important than it has been in the past. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it has to be respected. Um, people have to be trained for it. And it has to touch all areas of giving now, or or people are missing out. That's great, Mike Johnson, president of HJC New Media, uh, celebrating their 20th anniversary. Please uh, share my uh, best wishes to uh, all of your friends, family, and colleagues that uh, will be with you uh, at uh, the sure. uh, party uh, tonight. Wish I could be there. We'll uh, raise a toast uh, for you, I'll, Ted. I'll be there in uh, spirits. <laughs> raise a drink uh, 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 on my behalf for uh, your celebration. Okay, good stuff. Thanks. Take care, Mike. Thanks for joining us back here on page one, uh, just drawing your attention uh, to uh, a couple of uh, additional items over in page one. Uh, you'll also find one of our other favorite websites is Marketing Sherpa. Uh, you'll find over in Marketing Sherpa, we're providing you today uh, marketing research uh, on developing your audience with top content marketing tactics. Uh, the question is, does your organization have the right approach to content marketing, uh, what you'll find in here is that, uh, just as we were talking with Mike Johnson, that uh, multi-channel approach is the number one tactic uh, that uh, has resonance uh, for success online. You can read the report to get the free executive summary of the 2012 uh, B2B Marketing Benchmark Report. Uh, this is specifically on research and insights on attracting and converting uh, the uh, online buyer. So find that over at Marketing Sherpa, and you will find that in the radio links today uh, at tedhart.com. Uh, with that, it's uh, now time for us to head right on over to today's very important Page 2 Expert. <laughs> Today is my pleasure and honor to welcome Greg Carlson, who is the Vice Chair of the Giving USA Foundation, which is the definitive source on trends in U.S. fundraising through the annual Giving USA report. 
It's researched by the Center on Philanthropy at Indiana University with the view that technology must be, dri must be driven by the essential principles of fundraising, exactly the topic we were just talking about with uh, Mike Johnson. Uh, Greg Carlson often is invited to discuss the cutting-edge issues facing the philanthropic field today, and right now he is live here on The Nonprofit Coach. Welcome here, Greg Carlson. It's good to be with you, Ted. Hey, Greg, this is a very big day, and we want to just start off by thanking uh, all of the uh, fine folks uh, at uh, uh, Giving USA, at the Giving Institute, uh, for uh, the third year in a row, choosing the Nonprofit Coach radio show uh, as your radio partner for the announcement of the first national look uh, at these new numbers. So as we're looking at the numbers, let's uh, jump right into it. First of all, tell us a, a little bit about the uh, Giving Institute, and then I'm going to let you have the uh, pleasure of letting us know what the numbers are and what they mean. Sure. Thank you, Ted. Uh, the Giving Institute is an association of approximately 35 member fundraising council firms, uh, been in existence for over 75 years, and it's the Giving Institute that established the Giving USA Foundation. And as you and your listeners probably know, Giving USA is the authoritative resource when it comes to uh, identifying patterns and trends in U.S. philanthropic giving. With this year's report, Greg, you're breaking up just a little bit. I don't know if you're using a cell phone, but uh, if you're moving around a little bit, maybe just uh, stand still so we can make sure we hear every word. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm on a landline. So um, is this any better? Uh, it seems to be. Go right ahead. We did get a little bit of a breakup, um, but uh, just uh, wrap up on the Giving Institute. Yeah. So the Giving Institute is the group that um, uh, produces. Uh, the Giving USA data, which is um, the summary of giving uh, trends in the U.S. And uh, the, the value of it is that we can go back 57 years and identify what's been happening in U.S. philanthropic giving. This is the uh, 57th consecutive annual report uh, that has uh, been released from your organization. Um, what, did, uh, what was the outcome? Where, how, how much uh, was given in the United States last year? Well, total giving in 2011, can you hear me okay, Ted? I can, I can. Good, good. Total giving in 2011 uh, was $298 billion, that's with a B. And um, what this really illustrates is that despite the challenging economic environment, philanthropy remains a core American value. And the other part of the good news portion of this story is that um, we're once again approaching the threshold of $300 billion. And um, we've only, as, as a country, uh, surpassed the $300 billion threshold one time, and that was in 2007 when we uh, gave, as a nation, $310 billion. But then, of course, the Great Recession really took hold, and uh, we felt uh, all the way back to... $278 billion in 2009, and as many of your listeners will know from their own work in the philanthropic arena, uh, giving tends to be a bit of a lagging indicator by a year or two behind uh, the, the economy. And so as we're building out of the recession, we're starting to again approach that $300 billion threshold. That's terrific. Well, seeing these numbers, and I just want to uh, note uh, uh, for folks one more time, because this is the big announcement here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, the total charitable contributions from American individuals, bequests, corporations, and foundations uh, were an estimated $298.42 billion last year. Uh, that's up from the revised estimate of $286.91 billion uh, in 2010. Uh, and uh, uh, as you were just noting, we did have a downturn uh, in charitable giving, which was the first downturn that, uh, uh, that I believe that, uh, that we had seen in, in two back-to-back -back years. Uh, and back at that point, when we first started uh, having the uh, nonprofit coach, I had uh, predicted that uh, it would take until 2012 for the philanthropic market to come back. Um, and it looks like we're, we're, we are nearly back, as you said, but we're not uh, quite there um, what are you seeing in the trends? Um, do you anticipate uh, that 2012 may be the year that we surpass that $310 billion mark? I certainly hope so. Um, it, it's too early to tell. Um, 
much of the data that uh, informs Giving USA is the result of um, individual uh, tax uh, submissions and the IRS data. And as your listeners know, uh, most people don't file until April 15th, and it takes this long for us to receive a summation from the IRS of, of uh, philanthropic itemized giving. Um, and so we, we really won't know is, until we get a little further into the um, calendar year and even uh, start to get closer to the April date of 2013 how 2012 will end up. What we are seeing, you know, and this is the other side of this coin, um, is that while we're climbing out of the recession philanthropically, uh, it is slow. Uh, we're, we, in a way, continue to mimic the overall economy and and while we're climbing out of the recession economically, uh, it, it's slower than everyone would like as well. Uh, and so it really continues to mimic the overall economy. Um, really, since the, um, uh, about 1971, as uh, Giving USA Foundation has tracked recessions and our climb out of a recession, again, philanthropically, um, this is our second slowest recovery uh, coming out of a recession, really second only to um, uh, 2001's recession uh, caused by the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's a bit of a mixed story, but uh, certainly the trend numbers are positive compared to what they might be. This uh, uh, report uh, that is just being released uh, right now um, in the United States represents a growth of uh, 4% in current dollars um, and 0.9, you know, less than 1% in inflation-adjusted uh, dollars. As you put together um, uh, your report, um, and uh, what, what are generally some of the reasons why uh, reports get uh, readjusted? Yeah, and it goes back to some of this uh, IRS data. Um, and it, it seems today that we always seem to every month we have an adjustment on uh, a month that's previously been reported, and that's because there's, of course, a desire to have uh, estimates and data as quickly as possible. And so many organizations, including Giving USA Foundation, will um, give provide an estimate that informs the overall picture. Uh, but then as more solid data becomes available, it um, is appropriate to make those kinds of adjustments. And so historically, we've gone back every year and made adjustments. Um, as an overall average, over the 57 years, um, our, our adjustments have averaged less than 1%. Uh, the Great Recession caused a higher percentage rate adjustment, as might be expected. It was... Uh, uh, for all practical purposes, unprecedented since the Great Depression. Um, and it, uh, it, it enabled us to uh, take a look at our data sources and ask uh, good questions about how we can improve our estimates. As, uh, as you're, uh, you're looking at improving your estimates, um, the relationship with the Center on Philanthropy started when? Uh, that was uh, 2000. In, two, in 2000. So 12 years in, I, I remember back as they were getting on, on board, there was there were some major adjustments at, at that point. Um, does, does it feel to you that the process of developing the Giving USA report um, is, uh, is is now the same process that you've had, or is that the process itself always fluid? Well, I, I would hope we get better and better as uh, better data becomes available and as we identify any kinds of shifts. So, for instance, um, not this year, but last year, one of the things that in working with the Center on Philanthropy uh, we identified is that um, rather than personal income growth, uh, a, a stronger predictor for uh, philanthropic giving is personal consumption. And so just to compare, you referenced, Ted, accurately that uh, this year represents about a 4% increase in giving. The personal consumption rate in the U.S. increased by 4% this past year. So uh, as we uh, receive data and improve data, we always want to get better. In, uh, in the breakdown of uh, in the, the report, which is really quite an extensive uh, report, uh, there are a number of different ways that, uh, that you look at giving. Um, you look at it both in terms of where the money came from, uh, but also sectors that benefited uh, from, uh, from those, uh, those gifts. I want to talk to you. 
um, about each of those giving areas. But I was wondering if, before we get into the specific numbers and, and analyze each of uh, the giving areas, which I know will be of, of great interest to uh, to my listeners today, um, any surprises, anything that uh, that stands out in uh, in this report for you? Well, I think that um, it's important that uh, everyone focus on where the money is coming from first. And while this is not a change and therefore not a surprise to me nor probably most of your listeners, I do think it's an important point that um, we use to help educate uh, how the money is uh, given and where it's coming from. Um, you know, the, the average Joe on the street uh, will think that uh, money given in the U.S. is coming from businesses or corporations. And, in fact, that's not true. Only, only about 5% of total giving uh, comes from uh, the corporate sector in the U.S. Rather, um, what we are finding is uh, and continue to find is that uh, most giving – can you hear me okay, Ted? Yeah, I, I can. There seems to be a little bit of a beep in the background, but uh, I think we're okay. You know, I'm going to try to change phones here. Hold on one moment. Uh, as uh, as you're doing that, I'll just share with uh, with my listeners uh, today uh, that uh, um, the breakdown uh, generally is given by individuals, by bequests, by foundations, uh, and by corporations. And we do want to uh, analyze today what's happened in each one of those uh, sectors. Um, Greg, Greg, are you back? I am, thank you. So, so uh, total giving by individuals is estimated at 73%. So what's that, what are we saying? Out of the $298 billion given, 73% or $217 billion is given by individuals. So it's not, it's not businesses that are giving this money. Right. Even and actually further, that number is, is, uh, is, is actually higher. It's, it's more like 81% if you uh, count bequests, which, of course, uh, bequests would uh, need to be counted because they're only going to come from uh, from individuals. That's an excellent point, Ted. And then just to build on that, even further with foundation giving. Foundation giving is about 14%, and, of course, you have the Kresge and the Lillies and the Ford Foundations. But there's a lot of individual family foundation money um, given, largely for tax reasons. They set up individual family foundations. And so if you take the appropriate percentage out of the foundations that's given by the original family founder, uh, the total individual giving is estimated actually at 88% of all giving. Oh, so, so uh, yeah, so I had never actually thought of it that way. So you actually, uh, in addition to the individual giving and the, uh, um, the bequest giving, there's actually significant individual involvement with, uh, with foundations because it's not just the big foundations that you think of. Um, it's these uh, family foundations that are, uh, tend to have sole funders. That's exactly right. Okay. Oh, well, that's uh, that's uh, that's that's very interesting um, to uh, to think of it that way. Um, so, um, what I want to do is, uh, well, actually, we have a question coming in um, uh, by email. Susan in Boston uh, is asking. Um, she says that she is uh, almost solely uh, funded by corporations. What is the outlook for corporate giving? That is a great question. Corporate giving uh, remained relatively flat. Uh, there was of an increase. Uh, but um, you're breaking up just a little bit for us, uh, uh, still, Greg. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I can't. I'm on a hotel phone. I'm afraid, Ted, so I can't control that. Okay, no, no problem. You're you're back with us. So uh, you were saying that corporate giving is uh, relatively flat. Uh, any news? Uh, obviously, for Susan, that's probably not uh, not great news. That's right, and but the thing to um, uh, focus on with corporate giving is that much corporate giving is uh, given um, based upon a budget cycle, and so a, a business will make a decision as to um, how much to give based upon their total budget available. And so, boy, one more moment, then I'll try another phone. Okay. Well, I'll, right. I'll, t I'll tell you what, Greg, why don't you go ahead and uh, check your uh, phone. We're going to take uh, a short uh, station break here. Uh, we'll be right back here live uh, with Greg Carlson here on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. 
If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And before we uh, have Greg Carlson uh, join us again, I do want to uh, just share a programming note here on The Nonprofit Coach, uh, and that is that we have one show left here in June, uh, and then we start our summer hiatus, uh, The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show. It uh, does not uh, produce live in July and August, but we will be back with a full uh, schedule starting in September. So over the summer months, it's a great time for you to go to tedhart.com, click on radio links, and you can actually go through over 85 free podcasts uh, with a variety of different uh, topics uh, that uh, are covered um, in uh, all of our uh, uh, Nonprofit Coach Radio Show podcasts. You can download those to iTunes. You can add them to your iPod or your iPad uh, and be able to uh, uh, listen uh, while you're away on vacation and get caught up with all of the uh, very best in our experts. Um, I do want to share with you um, uh, today uh, the uh, good news um, of uh, some of our very favorite, uh, your very favorite, rather, uh, top episodes of all time, uh, starting with number 10, uh, the, the top ten uh, show of all time uh, was Penelope Burke, uh, who is a researcher in donor-centered fundraising. Um, and the good news for all of you um, is that Penelope Burke will be right back here live on the Nonprofit Coach next week. She will be our uh, wrap-up, uh, our, our pinch hitter here uh, for uh, June 26th uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, she'll be sharing with us the latest in Cygnus donor survey research. Um, and she is the top 10 uh, guest here on the Nonprofit Coach of All Time. Uh, number nine is Steve Schatz with the te- Effective Telephone Fundraising. Uh, that show was February uh, 2011. Patricia Pasquale is number eight. She came to us with a foundation center, uh, always a crowd pleaser here on the Nonprofit Coach, talking about how your grant program uh, can grow. Uh, number seven of all time here on the Nonprofit Coach. Steve Hafner talking about matching gift experts. Uh, Number six, very informative, Clint O'Brien was here uh, talking about learning about uh, B corporations. Uh, We were also live from BBCon October 2011. That was a special 90-minute nonprofit coach uh, with Ted Hart, and that was our number five most popular podcast here on the Nonprofit Coach. Carol Cohn was with us in February of 2011 with Breakthrough Nonprofit Branding. That was part of the AFP Wiley uh, radio series uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and that is our number four favorite podcast of all times. As you're planning your summer listening here uh, for July and August, you may want to consider the number three most popular uh, podcast, and we're going to be posting all of these on our radio links at tedhart.com and on our Twitter feed, which you can follow at twitter.com forward slash tedhart. Number three was Dottie Schillinger, uh, who was here talking about enhancing board leadership. Always a crowd pleaser and a wonderful lady that I was uh, had the pleasure last week of having dinner again with, Kay Sprinkle Grace. Uh, she is an expert in board leadership, and she was here with us uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, the number two most popular podcast of all time. And the number one podcast, a favorite podcast of all time, Ken Berger from Charity Navigator was here just this last April, April 17th. 2012, Ken Berger was here to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Charity Navigator, and that is our number one top podcast for you not to miss as you're putting together your summer listening uh, for the Nonprofit Coach. And with that, we're going to head right back over to Greg Carlson, live here on the Nonprofit Coach with the Giving USA Report. Uh, Greg, we're now back live uh, here. I'm uh, hoping that uh, maybe the phone is uh, 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 treating you a little bit better. Yeah, I, I believe it's messages that are incoming. I tried to clear them, so let's hope. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, well, you sound good right now. So we were talking before we uh, took our little break um, about uh, uh, giving from corporations, and uh, we had that email uh, that came in from Susan in Boston. Uh, I don't know if she was concerned, but she was saying that uh, uh, she's nearly fully funded by corporations and was wondering what advice you might have. And and the answer there is as um, corporate America continues to improve, uh, we would hope that their philanthropic budgets, and that's the point I was making, is that much of this 
comes down to a line item budget for corporate America as to how much they're going to give philanthropically. And so it, I would hope that as we see corporate profits improving, that that would eventually translate into greater giving. But again, overall giving from corporations, uh, unlike our, our call in from Boston, is just 5% of, of giving. And so uh, perhaps there should be uh, an eye toward a, an expansion of sources uh, by anyone who's too focused in any one uh, area of, of giving. So, so that's really, is that part of the message? I, I mean, you were adding up, um, what's the, the total number of individuals that, that, that you think in terms of the percentage, it's, it's more than, uh, than 81%? Yeah, about 88% is what we're estimating. About 88% comes from individuals. So is your advice uh, drawing from the analysis of Giving USA that uh, a, a large percentage of nonprofit uh, development fundraising time should be placed with individuals? It really is, Ted. That's what our focus should be as practitioners of philanthropy and, and raising funds uh, to support the mission of our organizations. It really comes back to what uh, you and Mike were talking about on page one. Uh, we need to be smarter about the fundraising we're doing. We need to be looking at multi-channel as a fundraising uh, solution. Face-to-face uh, -face, uh, is and probably will always be the number one way of raising the largest dollars. Uh, but uh, beyond that, with phone, mail, and then uh, the digital with social media, email, mobile, we really need to be in all those spaces to be doing our jobs properly. And I, I refer to that as then a comprehensive approach. And uh, speaking of uh, the digital space, um, does Giving USA specifically track that? Is there a number that you're you're tracking, or is that uh, um, included in uh, the the other numbers that you report? Yeah, thank you. No, it's it, it's included in the overall numbers. We do not divide by uh, channel, so we don't have a distinction between face to face, phone, mail, nor digital uh, when it comes to uh, where the money's coming from. There's other. Uh, resources uh, that, that inform that and with your um, group and uh, with e-philanthropy there's a lot of good discussion going on there I know as well in that space. Absolutely. We do uh, uh, release uh, an annual estimate uh, of giving which will be released uh, next week uh, which uh, we always release uh, after the Giving USA uh, numbers have been put out um, so we will have that for folks uh, next week uh, on that. Um, Ken, going back to um, the numbers that uh, were just released uh, today, uh, you just mentioned that giving by corporations was uh, was flat uh, overall, uh, and you also shared with us that the uh, predominance of money does come from individuals, whether that uh, be direct gifts from individuals, bequests, or uh, the funding of family foundations. But when you look at the other um, individual um, uh, categories, uh, that you do track being foundations, bequests, and individuals. How did foundations as a sector do? Yeah, overall giving by foundations was about 14%. And then as we look at uh, where the money is going in the U.S., um, there's really the big five. And so uh, and this would be then in rank order. Uh, religion um, is number one and has been for years but we'll also talk about our pattern and trend we're tracking with uh, faith-based religious giving. But 32% of all money given is going to religion uh, as number one. Now, uh, again, I'll go into more detail on this, uh, but I remember when religion was over 50% of all giving was going to religion. Now it's at 32%. Number two would be education, and that's at 13% or about $39 billion. Education saw an increase of four percentage points uh, from 2010 to 2011. Uh, number three would be human services. This would be an American Red Cross, Salvation Army. Catholic charities would be counted, uh, as opposed to under religion, would be counted under human services as a category. And Giving USA inherits these category names and makeup from the IRS. So we're, in order to keep apples to apples, we, we maintain their definitions. But uh, human services is number three at 12% of overall giving, with health uh, being, uh, hospitals, uh, disease-related, being at 8%. That's number four. Um, 
uh, healthcare saw an increase of about 2.7%, and I should have said human services saw an increase of about 2.5%. And then uh, last but not least of the big five would be international affairs at 8%, and that would be the World Visions Care, uh, the international work of Rotary. Uh, so that's that's the number five of the um, big five. And that's 8% at about uh, $22 billion. Um, and that's one of the areas that's seen the greatest increase as we look at uh, where the money is going. International affairs has increased, and it's largely we think, a result of the increase in the number of opportunities to give to international affairs. Over the last decade, there's been an 80, 80% increase in the number of international affair uh, organizations. And so there's just a lot more opportunity and a lot more asking going on with international affairs, which has driven that up. Well, so that's, with- that's certainly an area that I have a keen interest in. As my listeners know, uh, I've agreed to serve as CEO of the Charities Aid Foundation of America, uh, which is one of the premier international intermediaries uh, for giving by corporations, foundations, and individuals. Um, and uh, certainly the international affairs numbers are, are numbers that we track um, and are certainly seeing uh, good growth in. Absolutely. And um, so the big five account, again, religion, education, human services, uh, health care, and international affairs in that order. The big five represent about 73% of all money given is going to one of those five categories. Then in addition, you'd have arts and cultural public society benefit, which would be the United Way, um, Combined Federal Campaigns, Jewish Federation. Donor-advised funds are also counted under public society benefit, and that had a 77% increase in just this past year alone. So we'll see public society benefit increase, um, if if not for these other areas, just based upon donor-advised funds and their popularity. Environmental uh, animals, uh, and there's been unallocated giving as well. But the big, um, the big five uh, are is where most of the money's going. The, the one trend that you know you asked about what we're seeing overall and what uh, stands out for for us is in religion. And I referenced, you know, I remember what, 10, 15 years ago when religion was more than half of all giving. As I mentioned, it's down to 32 percent of all giving, and. Uh, specifically, uh, in 2011, we saw a drop of 1.7% of giving to religion. Over 2010 and 2011, we've seen a two-year percentage drop of 3.7%. So we, we are identifying and stating now that uh, there is a pattern of declining given as a percentage uh, to religion. And we emphasize that there's a few things going on here. Uh, First, um, we're seeing a decline in membership as well as, but they're different, attendance at mainline Protestant denominations. And uh, the the reason we make that distinction between a decline in both membership and attendance is that there's a very strong correlation between giving and membership as opposed to giving and attendance for faith-based organizations and churches, synagogues, uh, so when, when you look at this, it's also important to make that distinction and understand between membership versus attendance. Secondly, we point to, as uh, along the lines of the international affairs, there's just a lot more uh, uh, nonprofits that are doing a better job of giving people the opportunity uh, through multi-channel uh, fundraising. Uh, digital has enabled nonprofits to be much more cost-effective in their outreach and their messaging. And um, so there's, uh, as, as your listeners know, there's just a great opportunity every which way you turn to, to make a gift in this country today. And then, you, of course, you, you, just, you have to look at the recession and the impact that um, the recession has had on faith-based giving specifically with um, uh, churches, uh, synagogues, uh, mosques receiving um, fewer dollars, we believe, as a result of the economic challenges that we're facing. So this is a pattern and trend we've identified. Um, We want to keep watching the data uh, to see if it's something that's going to continue, if it's going to stabilize, just exactly what's going to happen, uh, we don't know yet. 
In uh, in looking at uh, at those numbers, the the uh, the religion, um, as you said, uh, is uh, is the most notable. That's an inflation adjusted decrease of 4.7 percent uh, in one year. Uh, but you're saying that that's part of a trend that you you've been tracking, but now you feel it it truly is a trend. Yeah, that's right. And you know, it, giving to religion uh, re- hit its height so oh, probably five years ago at about 105 billion, and now we're down to about 95 billion. So don't get me wrong; uh, the majority of money given in the United States is given to religion, uh, and that will continue to be the case for the foreseeable future. But it is a it is declining as a percentage of all giving in terms of receipts. That's uh, that's terrific. Well, we're um, uh, we appreciate all that information. We're going to be right back uh, from uh, this uh, short station break uh, with uh, Greg Carlson. Greg, when uh, when you come back, I wanted to um, look inside uh, the numbers uh, a little bit more um, in terms of what you're seeing in terms of other trends. Uh, we see the religion trend. We certainly see uh, a continuing strength in individuals. Uh, but some of the other areas that you may feel are important for our listeners to know about today. And we'll be right back after this break. I uh, want uh, to thank again uh, the sponsor of today's show, and that is FunCoaches.com. I want to talk about a new and exciting enterprise that's poised to make a definitive impact on the philanthropic marketplace, and that is a company called Fund Coaches. You'll be able to find their link over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. You can go directly to fundcoaches.com. It's the only premier online fundraising institute in existence today. Fund Coaches helps fundraising professionals and lay nonprofit leaders like you improve your fundraising efforts. To have, you have to try Fund Coaches to see what you've been missing. All of the Fund Coaches training modules are available online. They're short, sweet, and meaningful. Fund Coaches modules are taught by the top experts in the field, uh, in their field, and I've been uh, very honored to have been uh, asked to uh, put together a couple of these modules on a variety of topics related to online fundraising and social media. You could enjoy uh, viewing Fund Coaches modules right at your office. Make sure that your staff is getting up to speed on a variety of different topics or from wherever you might like to, uh, to choose to do your learning, which might even be home in your pajamas. All Fund Coaches modules are very affordable, all costing $30 or less. If that wasn't enough, the good folks at Fund Coaches are giving all of my listeners today here on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show uh, a 50% discount. Uh, the 50% discount uh, is available to you when you go to checkout uh, just now. I'm going to give you a second to grab your pen. Uh, now that you've got your pen, you're going to want to write down this discount code, and that is JAC, L as in Larry, M as in Mary, V Victor Q. So that's J-A-C-L-M-V-Q-8. By using that discount code, uh, you will receive a 50% discount on your first Fund Coaches module. So go to fundcoaches.com, get your 50% off uh, from your uh, first modules. And remember uh, that uh, this offer expires the end of this month, so when we go to summer hiatus, the discount uh, for uh, the Fund Coaches also expires. So take advantage of this wonderful offer from the good folks at funcoaches.com. And we're back here live with Greg Carlson here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Greg, you were uh, good enough to share with us some of your insights into changes that you're seeing in uh, specific uh, sectors. I wanted to uh, ask you if there were other uh, surprising changes or notable changes as each of my listeners um, here uh, are looking at growing or putting together their uh, fundraising programs. Yeah, the, the only other sector other than religion that uh, saw a drop would have been foundations, and we've over the years identified uh, found, and this is giving two specific foundations. So uh, when when uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett give to the Gates Foundation, that's where that money gets captured. And with that example, you can see that that would just have real fluctuation when we get mega gifts given to foundations. The same would be true with requests, that uh, two or three 
uh, very large uh, bequest gifts being realized based upon death or uh, gifts given to a foundation really uh, drive those those categories. So a uh, fluctuation uh, is not as noteworthy as a result. Um, all the other categories, education, health, public society, benefit, the arts, all really saw increases that would mimic uh, what we saw in general with the, the overall economy in 2011. Uh, with with some increases uh, in general as we climb out of the recession. So n no real surprises there. The thing that um, I, I find interesting that I think your listeners uh, might also is as we look at giving in the U.S. as a percentage of gross domestic product, uh, give or take for the past 20 years, um, uh, giving in the U.S. has been roughly 2% of gross domestic product. So as gross domestic product GDP increases, uh, so has giving in general. It's, it's ranged from about a low of 1.8% to a high of about 2.2%, so right in that 2% sweet spot. And um, it's very difficult to get data, but I uh, was able to find some uh, estimates based upon uh, Britain's Charity Aid Foundation and asking the question, how does this compare to other countries? Uh, we, we naturally uh, have come to assume that the U.S. Um, does give the most money to philanthropic causes, but as a percentage of GDP, with the attempt then to compare apples to apples, how does it compare? And uh, the, the countries that I was able to find data on, again, through this estimate, uh, Great Britain um, is uh, at uh, less than 1%, at 0.73%, uh, so, and they're, they're the second highest. So the U.S. at 2% is really doing quite well uh, in terms of uh, our, our um, uh, recognition of philanthropy being a core value. Uh, Australia would be third at about 7%, I'm sorry, 0.7%, 0.7. So again, the U.S. is the only one that's over 1% and, in fact, over 2% with these other countries at less than 1%. Um, uh, Germany, which really doesn't have much incentive in the way of tax consequences for giving, is at 0.22%. Uh, France is at 0.14%. So uh, the, the U.S. really does uh, put its where its heart is when it comes to philanthropy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just uh, make note, uh, since it is my organization that uh, puts out that report, uh, the Charities Aid Foundation of America is part of the uh, Charities Aid Foundation family of organizations around the world, and we do put out the World Giving Index uh, each year. Uh, as uh, you just mentioned, the U.S. was ranked the most charitable country uh, on earth in the most recent report, and that's an annual study of 153 uh, countries. Uh, and uh, uh, the next report, uh, we believe, will be uh, issued in October of this year. It's really important work that your group's doing, Ted, uh, to, uh, and I, I know it's difficult to get apples to apples, but very much appreciate what you're doing in this area. Well, thank you. Well, we, we see it as uh, it's certainly a, a nice compliment uh, uh, to the longstanding research report that's, uh, that's done by Giving USA, which is why I'm so pleased to, uh, to have you uh, here on, uh, on the show today. Um, so uh, we've got uh, just a few moments left uh, here on The Nonprofit Coach. We've got a very quick um, a little uh, note as uh, people are preparing uh, for their summers. Sometimes, uh, Greg, that seems like a good time uh, for people to be thinking of new ways and more efficient ways uh, to do their work uh, uh, at their organization. So we're just going to share a little bit of an information uh, from Google and then we'll be right back to get your final thoughts on the significance of the Giving USA report. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there 
and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call to action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. And thank you uh, for that uh, note from uh, the good folks over at uh, Google and the wonderful services that they do provide to the nonprofit sector. We're back here live with uh, Greg Carlson uh, from uh, reporting on the Giving USA report. Um, Greg, we did get an email um, question in. Daniel in Austin, I think, is pouring through your numbers, um, and he's asking, uh, you, you had mentioned the decline in giving to, um, uh, to religion, uh, which seems to be a trend, uh, but was there also a significant shrinkage uh, year over year from 2010-2011 uh, report in human services? Uh, human services saw an increase of 2.5% from 2010 to 2011. It went from, uh, did it go from 9.7 to 2.5? Uh, yes, that's right. And part of the drop from, and so 2010 saw a huge increase in human services giving. Um, and the, a lot of that is attributed to the giving that was uh, done as a result of the Haitian crisis. Oh, okay. Um, so, so this is where sometimes in the numbers overall uh, you do see um, uh, sort of a spike that is not necessarily uh, a trend or a concern in that sector. That's right. And, you know, people would think, well, Haiti, that's international giving. Well, a lot of the giving, as you, uh, your listeners may recall, was actually to American Red Cross, for instance. People dialed the 800 number for American Red Cross, and so the, uh, the, uh, a lot of that giving was given through organizations like America Red, uh, Red Cross um, and therefore got counted under human services. So you get anomalies like that, and that's what would account for what happened with human services in 2010 versus 2011. That's a good observation by your listener. Yeah, so, uh, yeah Daniel, thank you for drawing our, our attention uh, uh, to that. Um, I wanted to uh, give you an opportunity uh, to make sure that all of my listeners, as we just uh, get to the last couple of minutes here on the show, uh, how can they reach you and how can they get a copy of the Giving USA report? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, uh, they should be going to uh, givingusa.org. Uh, and um, we, uh, a couple of years ago, moved Giving USA from a published book format to um, a, an electronic format, and we're very proud and pleased as a foundation to actually give away, that means free, <laughs> the executive summary to Giving USA. And so you're able to go to Giving USA and download the critical components, much of what I've summarized here today uh, would be available at givingusa.org. Uh, or um, uh, givinginstitute.org uh, uh, in terms of website. That's terrific. And um, we also have provided a link in the radio links today at tedhart.com. So if you missed any of those sites and you happen to be following along in the radio links, uh, you can grab it right there. Um, we just have a few moments left here on the show. Um, how can uh, my listeners be in touch with you, Greg? Uh, the best way would be through um, Giving USA Foundation. And so... Uh, you'd be able to contact the Giving USA Foundation, and they would uh, would be able to uh, forward you to uh, reach out to me. But there's That's perfect true. people at Giving USA that can help. That's great. Well, Greg Carlson, a wonderful uh, job today. Thank you so much uh, to you and all of our colleagues at Giving USA for choosing the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show. Uh, the podcast for the show will be available in 30 minutes. Uh, once again, we'll be live here next week on the Nonprofit Coach for the final show before our summer hiatus, uh, we will be here with Penelope Burke and the donor, the Cygnus Donor Research Survey. Greg Carlson, thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. It's my pleasure, Ted. Thank you. You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. 
tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.